Welcome back to the Grand Life podcast. Today, I am very excited to have the brilliant Kira McNulty as my guest. We've been wanting to do this podcast for a while, so I am very much looking forward to it. Um, Kira is working as a dietitian, having done a master's in dietetics. She also works as a fitness instructor at Perpetua, runs her Instagram page, The Fake Vegan, which is packed with fitness, nutrition and lifestyle goodness, of which I am a huge fan. She also has her own nutrition website and a mailing list. Basically, she is an all-around fitness and health guru and an absolute delight. So, Kira, welcome to the Grad Life Podcast. Hello. That was such a beautiful introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Very welcome today. Yeah, great to have you. Um, so before we get chatting about all of these plates that you have spinning at the moment, um, I want to track back a little bit. Um, and dive into your background. So, you know, talk to us about your college days, what you studied, um, and whether you had a sort of career path in mind back then. Yeah. Okay. Let's backtrack. Um, mm. I think I, I have a different kind of story in this regard um, compared to what people might think. Because I remember when I was in school, I definitely always had a passion or interest in science and that's what I knew. But up until sort of the end of fifth year, maybe going into sixth year, I still wasn't sure. And I know so many people in school are still at that stage during the, those years. And I was having kind of discussions with my parents about what I should do and they were always saying you should do medicine and I was never sure and then one day I was like actually that's exactly what I want to do so when I was in school it was do the HPAT do medicine um and go down that route because that's kind of what first comes to mind I think with people that are interested in science and are kind of confident that they might get the points for for something like medicine so I think that's the thinking process that I and my family had so that was a dream unfortunately fortunately now looking back but um the HPAT wasn't really something that I thought was too important I didn't invest a lot of my time in in studying for it so that didn't go to plan I ended up doing something called biomedical health and life science in UCD which is a really great undergrad it's four years it's a sort of combination between science and medicine and it really does gear you towards if you want to go on to further studies as a healthcare professional or if you want to completely do something else um so Yes, I did my four years um, in biomedical health and life science, and it wasn't until my final year. So I feel like I really do make these last minute decisions about where I'm going when this is over. I hate thinking too far ahead. I, I'm still the exact same, like I never plan too far ahead. So again, my mom is always right. And she was like, you should think about something called dietetics. And it was really in my final year that I made my own sort of wellness health and lifestyle changes I became way more interested in nutrition and exercise I started going to the gym and UCD a little bit more and that combination between my education and interest in lifestyle passions that were coming through and nutrition and exercise were combined really nicely and I applied to do the master's in clinical nutrition and dietetics in UCD and yeah, so it's those last minute decisions and 
those things that got me to where I am today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've I've heard about the the that masters from you, but also from a few other people, and um, it's really interesting. And I suppose maybe it applies across the board. I haven't done a master's, but I feel that a lot of my friends who have um, realized what a big jump it actually is to go from undergrad degree to a master's. And I feel maybe particularly with that master's that you did. Um, so would love to kind of hear about your experience going from undergrad to master's in terms of workload and social life, et cetera. You know, how does that compare? Yes. I would definitely be lying if I said the master's wasn't a big step up from an undergraduate degree. Um, but in fairness, like the, the biomedical health and life science that I did wasn't exactly the easiest or most relaxed undergrads that are out there um, to begin with. Like I was definitely used to a heavier workload, lots of exams, assignments, lab reports. Like I was definitely working. And I think the biggest difference in terms of workload is the pace that the masters moves in. So you are definitely expected to have some sort of baseline working knowledge of a lot of previous material, which I, I would have had in some respects, but not in others. And my class was a combination of people that came from a nutrition background, a science background, marketing background. There was definitely a wide variety. So some people had more experience in medical modules was others had more experience in the nutrition modules. So it was kind of blanket that you understand the basics and sometimes you didn't. So you needed to go back and do further research, further reading, really upskill yourself before um, you can move on to study and do your assignments and do well. So it, it definitely moves at a fast pace. You have higher expectations um, and basically you get about one lecture per clinical issue or like per disease and that's kind of how a lot of the modules work so they give you two hours on say like inflammatory bowel disease and those two hours are all you have and the rest is up to you and the rest is up to you when you get out into the field so it moves really fast there's not a lot of time there's one and a half semesters of lectures and then there's I guess two semesters on placement um and then a, a, a um well so yeah definitely just moves fast you're up you're it's up to you to do your learning get up to speed start your assignments on time submit your assignments on time we did have a lot of group work as well but like it really is up to you to just stay on track um and I think just in terms of social life touching on that I definitely look back and remember a lot of long weekends in the library I think with any healthcare professional course or job, like you're just gonna have to understand that it is such a massive part of your life and the sacrifices are worth it. They get you to where you wanna be. And I was really lucky to have such a great group of friends in the course. So we did spend a lot of time together, but that time was definitely spent in the library. <laughs> so when you weren't in the library and you were actually on the placement part of the course was that is it the case that you're kind of put on placement with other people in your course um and like how hands-on was that yes 
So placement in this course is broken up into two blocks of 14 weeks. Your first 14 weeks is something called your non-acute placement. So you're doing roles of a dietitian anywhere outside of an acute hospital setting. So those are like community dietetic practices, industry and catering. Um, and it's always done in pairs through UCD, which is really cool because you get to bounce your ideas off your partner. You're never really alone, especially for the first 14 weeks. Um, it definitely makes the learning experience easier. Um, and that is very hands-on. So you're basically thrown in the deep end, depending on who your leader is or who your mentors are and their personalities and all that stuff obviously comes into it, but it's, you're being put into the, the position of a dietitian and you're learning how things work in the real world. Then your next four pair and you're in an acute hospital so you are on the wards you are seeing acutely unwell patients and you are working team with the nurses the charts and again completely thrown in there mm -hmm. um you obviously get a lot of support and supervision but it's the only way to learn <laughs> it's literally the number one when it comes to these things because there's so many things outside of obviously the background knowledge that you need to have before going into these settings you need to understand everything mm. but other things like administration communicating communicating with patients and doctors and nurses logistics around funding and meals on wheels and writing mm -hmm. prescriptions like there's so many things that they just don't even touch on in college yeah. so it's the best part of it because you become the professional not just the student Mm. Okay, so I mean that kind of takes us on nicely to to chatting a bit more about what you're working at now. So you're working in a hospital, and um, presumably, like a lot of the that stuff that you've described in terms of your placement carries across to what you're doing now. But um, you know, how does it differ maybe to what you did when you were just on placement versus now? Um, and you know, what is it actually like? You know, working in a hospital. Yeah wild <laughs> I started my placement in September um sort of six months after the COVID pandemic started so definitely an interesting time to start I had never even been in the hospital before so I didn't really know what I was missing out on or what had changed but so yeah placement you were put into the hospitals you were on the wards and you were seeing patients all under supervision depending on what ward you, you are on, this is how it works where in the hospital that I'm in, there's a specific category of patient cohorts that you're seeing. So it might be a lot of stroke patients on the wards. So that would, that would have a lot of similar dietetic input for those patients, or it might be the respiratory ward. So that again would have a different sort of workload. And that didn't change as it became a professional, I was lucky enough to just start working in the same hospital that I did my placement on. So there wasn't a big shift. The main shift was that just, I was so much more independent. I was given more responsibility and I was given other roles outside of just being on the wards, like being part of working groups and research and um, really connecting with other um, professionals in the hospital. And then 
again, there's so much more learning. I don't think you realize that your mentors and people supervising you were doing so much extra work, I guess, that you weren't really sure. aware of as a student. You're too busy trying to learn everything and freaking out about what you messed up on that day or trying to fill in your assessment forms. And there's a lot of paperwork that comes with being a student. So your social life gets a bit better. As a professional, you're also making money. So those things are great to move on. Um, and what my day looks like is basically I am based on one ward. There is mainly stroke patients on my ward that I'm working on currently. This is obviously my first job. So this has been my main sort of work that I've been doing. And I'm not sure if people are aware, but sometimes when people have a stroke, commonly they have swallowing difficulties, which obviously makes it difficult for them to meet their nutrition requirements if they're not able to swallow or chew like they used to. So we need to work closely with speech and language therapists and modify their diet and they might require supplements or something called an NG tube, which is the tube from your nose down into your stomach to get food pumped directly into your stomach. So removing the middleman of having to eat your meals just because they're not able to. Um, so that is kind of what my day-to-day -day looks like. There's a lot of other boring things thrown in there. But I, I think a lot of people don't fully understand the role of a dietitian in a hospital and what that looks like. So that is that is the nine to five. <laughs> yeah. So so when you look at your class who were, you know, part of the dietetics masters, um, are most people going into a hospital setting or what are the options for a dietitian? I mean, do you see yourself? branching out from the hospital context and you know looking to bring your skills into other organizations etc mm -hmm. yeah apologies <laughs> yeah so it is the number one most common pathway of working as a dietitian for sure um i would say the majority of my class has either started or is looking for roles in an acute setting it's definitely somewhere where you learn the most the quickest it is such a fast-paced environment there's always medical issues going on there's always problem solving communicating with other professionals and it's just such a great experience like your brain never stops working you never up learning and um, there's also dietitians that work in the community which is probably the other most common role and it's like you know if you go to see your gp you go to the practice and you're set up with your gp not in a hospital setting you can also do that with um a dietitian and that's they're they're seeing unwell patients usually which have comorbidities or um maybe someone with type 2 diabetes or someone that is going through cancer treatment, whatever it may be that needs help with their nutrition. Um, but for myself, I absolutely love the job that I'm doing at the moment in the hospital. As I mentioned, you never stop learning. You're always talking to people, learning from other people, learning from other disciplines. But I definitely have a passion for preventative medicine, wellness, um, sports and exercise nutrition. And I'm currently doing a course um, with Leeds Beckett University in sports and exercise nutrition. Um, I do have another job in, as you mentioned, Perpetua Fitness. I do a lot of workout videos and tr try to combine in my nutrition and exercise passion and bring evidence-based nutrition to help people really fuel their active lifestyles and like promote the benefits of exercise just as much as nutrition. So I 
definitely see myself going down that route as well. I have it as a bit of a side hustle at the moment, but <laughs> who knows what will happen in the future if, if cool opportunities come up in that field. Yeah, I mean, you know, even when you're just describing your job, it sounds like enough to keep anybody absolutely completely busy. Um, but as you say, you also are, are working in Perpetua. So talk to us about that. I mean, how often are you working in there? Um, what keeps you, you know, still there when you when you have a full time job? Oh, my God. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just smiling, even thinking about it. It is my second home. It's if you guys don't know, it's a a CrossFit mainly gym in Dublin city, but it also has other workout rooms. So it has a spin studio and sort of a hit class studio called the um, sweat studio. And it's just a community of amazing people. That's the thing that's keeping me there. I'm so passionate about the gym and the people that work there and what they're promoting and what they are providing to Dublin um but what I do there is teach spin classes so I, I I love music and I love exercise and I I like to combine a lot of my passions into one so I come up with fun playlists and and teach spin student and spin classes um I also have gotten into CrossFit so I do all my training there as well and um at the moment obviously the the doors of the gym are closed, but we have completely transitioned online. All of our classes are coming through. Um, they have an app coming out, which is going to be a massive cool. wellness database um, full of hit classes, ride classes. If you have a bike at home, strength classes, running, yoga, Pilates, and there's going to be a massive nutrition element as well. So keep your eyes peeled for Perpetua anywhere. Um, so that is, yeah, thankfully I'm not, I'm not having to be there in person too much, um, as my commute is long enough <laughs> for the other job. So I can, I work mainly on the weekends or if I have time in the evening to record my classes, but definitely a balancing act. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And to throw in the mix of that would be your, you know, running your, your Instagram page, which as we both know, I love, um, but Talk to us a bit about starting the page and like, you know, deciding what sort of message that you send through your Instagram, because I think it's really strong. And, you know, you obviously put a lot of time and effort into producing really good and helpful content. Um, so tell us more about it. Thank you. That's really lovely. I'm really glad that you like it. Um, and to be honest, like a lot of the feedback, I don't get much hate which I think is a good sign because I think most of people on social media have have gotten some sort of negative feedback for something or other that they've done uh, you can't please everyone but something that I have said from day one when I started this Instagram was like I just really want to share my life and my lifestyle give people ideas and inspiration and mainly a lot of positive energy and thought processes around nutrition, well-being, and exercise, because that's not always the case, even if it looks like what people are promoting are positive, when you really dive into the message that comes behind a lot of wellness information online, it isn't really that positive, and everything I put out is evidence-based and is, it's a general kind of 
education or recommendation around a topic, whatever it may be, but something that can actually be applied to everyone. I'm so passionate about personalized nutrition, but there, there are general recommendations that work and you can't, you can't be someone's personal nutritionist online. So it's, it's a struggle to find that balance, but I think it's, it's definitely really important and something that I definitely put a lot of time and effort into. I think a lot about the way I, provide information, the, like the words that I use and the images and, and things like that, because that's all kind of feeding into people's sub through Instagram. And I want to have a positive effect on everyone. Um, it's just in terms of balancing and throwing it into my mix of jobs. It's taken a backseat. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I do find it easier to just kind of put up stories and the way that I think about it is again, just sharing my life. And if I'm eating a meal, the way I think about it is I can just post my meal, whether it looks good or bad and maybe share what kind of nutrition is in it, why certain foods are important to get in and how you can make that kind of food taste really good. Cause those are things that I like to get out there. So the health benefits and also making it look nice and promoting what is, is good about it and how you can make it taste good so I yeah <laughs> that is the Instagram <laughs> it must be um it must be a really nice as you say like you know putting it good energy it probably attracts good energy as well um I'm sure you end up just meeting so many like-minded people because you're you're attracting people who are similar to you I would imagine manifesting yeah Absolutely. I've definitely I've definitely made so many friends and have just become connected to like-minded individuals, whether it's through like friendships or also I've gotten a lot of working opportunities through it. I don't even have like the biggest following, but I, I think that my positivity comes across and it doesn't help, it doesn't hurt that I am a registered uh, professional. So I, I, I do think that helps a little bit, but I've made so many great connections and it's only gotten me further in my career in dietetics already even though I graduated four months ago <laughs> but it's really really helping with networking with opportunities with staying relevant with getting out there um so I I would recommend it if you have a passion that is something that you want to either do on the side or do as part of your career you never know who's going to come across it and who is going to resonate with it and maybe you can get some really helpful opportunities through it mm, mm, and I suppose you know it works work, works both ways as well like how do you feel about your learnings in terms of you know nutrition and fitness etc that maybe are outside of that like formal education context mm. um and do you feel like you learn a lot from other social medias from you know blogs etc um or is most of your learnings kind of from that formal education that you have oh my god that's actually such a good question I think first and foremost it's really important to like kind of understand and be aware of who you're following and who you're getting your information. Looking back, I wasn't learning the right information. Um, will you just stop for one sec? Because it just, it just like my thing just cut out for a second. So will yeah. you just go, will you just go from, I'll just edit it, but will you just go from, from, I think it's really important where you're getting your information from. Perfect. Thanks. <laughs> nice. 
Um, so I think it's really, really important to understand and be aware of where you're getting your information from, because if you asked me this question four or five years ago, I would have been like, I learned so much on social media, but now looking back, I wasn't learning from the right people and I wasn't learning the right information. And that's because I didn't know it wasn't the right information. So you need to be educated on what is good sources of information in that area that you are trying to kind of educate yourself in, whether it is nutrition and, and performance and exercise or whether it's business or whatever your your passions and interests are you need to make sure that your sources are credible and they're professionals mm. and they are using evidence-based nutrition so that being said I definitely make a point to read the the literature or go back through my lectures on areas that I know I have the resources in but I am learning so much about how to communicate that information to the general population through social media. And I follow so many professionals now that I have so much confidence in and I learned so much from. Um, but who yeah, are I some just, of those people who are your like most follows for anybody listening who wants to know? Most follows. Okay. Um, I, where do I get? So there's definitely people that educate dietitian professionals. So other people wouldn't really need to follow that. And then there's like lifestyle bloggers that I just love. So I love the food medic. <laughs> I feel like everyone loves her, but she's just so great. Um, another girl is the sports dietitian. I have learned so much from her. She is an Australian based dietitian that works a lot covering um, CrossFit and, and like athletes, but specifically women and making sure you are, you are fueled for your training and something called low energy availability. And like, I've just gotten so much information from her and she's such a wealth of knowledge. Um, who else? There's some great people like Daniel Davey, Davey Nutrition from, from Dublin is great. He has so much experience in, in um, exercise nutrition and works with teams in Dublin um, and he is he does so many Q&A's that are really good for just short snippets of information um who else I love to follow that's loads three recommendations so if we take a, a, a separate turn now and look at you know you're doing all these things and balancing all these things and you have loads of information but how do you manage your time and how do you manage stress and like how do you manage stress in terms of your nutrition are there certain things that you think are really important to maintain um but tell us a little bit about that side of things love this so time management wow this is such an ongoing process for me uh, it's obviously really important because i i I'm such a yes girl. Like I will say yes to any opportunity if I want to get it done. And sometimes that's not always the best, but it's something I'm working on. So time management needs to come into that when I have too many things on my plate, but prioritization, I can't say it loud enough. You need to be able to figure out what things need to get done today, what things need to get done this week and what things can really, really really wait until the end of the month or whatever that is. And that's going to change your life because it just kind of brings that sense of overwhelmingness 
down because you're taking jobs off that like just need to be done when they need to be done. Everything has a deadline and just making sure that your projects and the time and energy that you're investing in at the moment are, are fitting around that schedule. Um, I will say that I, I genuinely think that every minute of my time I spend like outside the hospital, even though I love, but everything I do outside of it um, is used up doing things and talking to people that I love. I'm so lucky that all of my work and my opportunities are things that I genuinely want to be doing and want to be investing my time and energy and education and all of that into. Um, my work is so intertwined with my lifestyle and as I mentioned, like on social media, I really just want to document the way that I live my life. And I'm happy that people are responding to that well. Um, so the only advice I could give to someone is if they're looking to live like a happy, balanced lifestyle is manage your time. So you are fulfilled at the end of the day, make sure every project that you're doing is just lighting you up. But if things do get a little bit too stressful and I need some meditation, um, I'm trying to get into the more formal areas of meditation. It's not something that I've really practiced that much, um, but Ash Finnegan or Oak and Rose on Instagram does great meditation classes. And I owe it to her that I've been starting to do some meditation, which I'm enjoying mainly breath work in the evenings um and it it feels amazing but to be honest thinking about it the most meditating i do or the most relaxed i feel is like singing at the top of my lungs my commute like i actually just love driving down the motorway blaring justin bieber forgetting about everything not thinking about my day that's my form of meditation at the moment <laughs> I love that I love that that is so funny um, I deny it I love it what do you feel is I mean you obviously have so much passion for all of these things that you're working on and lots of other things that we haven't even touched on but what do you feel is the most exciting thing that you are working on right now like what what is giving you the most energy Oh my God. Oh, okay. If I had to choose one project, I think I'm currently doing a lot of work for other people, but since I have graduated, I've really tried to build up my own business, which I'm not in a rush about because I understand the importance of developing my my skills and my knowledge and I'm not rushing into working for myself but I've set up my website I have had a few individual clients so they got to work with really closely and I I feel so connected to those people when I'm talking to them and helping them with their nutrition that are not issues that I see in the hospital they're more lifestyle related which I love working with and it's really empowering to have kind of my own to go out there and do this stuff and get these clients completely on my own and work towards things that I like to research like low energy availability and plant-based diets and things like that that I don't do anywhere else and I just think it's really cool for myself to to know that I've kind of made that for myself and hopefully down the line that will just continue to grow because it's not my priority right now but that's in the pipeline that's something I'm mm. so proud of. <laughs> amazing that is so cool it's so cool 
Um, let's wrap up with a final question, um, which I love to ask everybody, um, which is for your book and or podcast recommendation. Love. Okay, so I'm not the best but I do I don't love fiction so I love reading like interesting kind of self-help books and learning when I'm reading such a nerd but I liked this book I just finished called Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Malcolm Gladwell yeah just (laughs) life-changing um and then a nutrition related book I like is called it's actually just called The Gut um, I'm gonna look up the author because I forget. <laughs> but it is written by um, a doctor, but the way it's presented, it's called it's called Gut by Julia Enders. And I read it over and over and over. And it's just all about gut health. And it's not for you don't need any nutrition knowledge on it. It's it's geared towards anyone to understand gut health and it's amazing um podcast plant proof podcast oh, is my favorite I ever love I adore it I love <laughs> so much even just listening to his voice yeah Australian so ponytail vegan <laughs> sign me up <laughs> like me and you take <laughs> sold um Thank you so much, Kira. This has been an absolute delight as I thought it would be. Um, but you, of course, have lived up to all expectations for this podcast. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. And I really feel that there will be so much to get from this um, from so many different angles. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I hope everyone listening got something useful out of that. Um, And if you want any more information, if you have any questions, you can contact me on Instagram, the fake vegan underscore. My email is also on there. So please feel free to, to reach out if you do have any questions about what we talked about today. Brilliant.